Topic 15, Fourth Paper of 20th Century Negro Literature. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shasta, Oakland, California. 20th Century Negro Literature, Topic 15, Fourth Paper, by Mrs. Ariel S. Bowen. Is the young Negro an improvement morally on his father? Mrs. Ariel Serena Hedges Bowen, wife of Dr. J. W. E. Bowen of Gammon Theological Seminary, Atlanta, Georgia, was born in Newark, New Jersey. Her father was a Presbyterian clergyman in that city. He had graduated from Lincoln University, Pennsylvania, and had organized churches in New York State. Her mother represented one of the oldest Presbyterian families in that state. Her grandfather, was a bugler in the Mexican War, and was a guard of honor when Lafayette revisited the United States. Her parents removed early to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where she attended the Avery Institute. She completed the academic course of this school. Her parents then moved to Baltimore, Maryland, where her father became pastor of Madison Avenue Presbyterian Church, and finally of Grace Presbyterian Church. She was sent to the high school of Springfield, Massachusetts, where she remained and graduated with honor in a large class in 1885. She also took the teacher's course and examination and passed a creditable examination and was favorably considered as teacher for one of the schools of that city she was then called to teach history and english language in the tuskegee institute tuskegee alabama under professor b t washington in the year 1886, she was married to Dr. J. W. E. Bowen. She became a life member of the Women's Home Missionary Society of the Methodist Episcopal Church. She removed to Atlanta with her husband in 1893. She became professor of music in Clark University in eighteen ninety five she is the state president of the georgia w c t u number two she has written very largely among which may be mentioned music in the home the ethics of reform etc she is an accomplished vocalist and musician with the piano and pipe organ she is busily engaged in temperance and reform work together with training 
and fitting her family of one boy and three girls for life she is regarded as one of the foremost and best cultured women of her race she reads greek latin and german with facility and is a superb housekeeper the most important and vital factors in the development of a race are physical strength intelligence and morality these three but the greatest of these is morality the individual or the race possessed of either or both of the first two and that utterly ignores the third can never attain to the full status of man nor reach the zenith of full racial development or the pinnacle of civilization today we hear much about the survival of the fittest and the superior race and the inferior races the earnest thoughtful student of life and its affairs immediately raises the question to whom does such title fittest superior and inferior refer and why the history of a people shows the advance and growth of that people their development can be traced from the crude barbarous or semi-barbarous state in which physical prowess predominated through the period of intellectual development where the mind begins to grasp new ideas and where new ideals of higher and nobler purpose are sought after then came the greater perfection the nobler aspiration the purer higher civilization growing out of the purer thought and purer life of a purified people this is true of all races therefore the negro race is no exception and is entitled to the same justice that is accorded to every race that has had its rise and fall the writer takes it that the young negro and his father are to represent only the antebellum and the postbellum negro to go beyond that to take him in his earlier state in the native wilds of his fatherland before the anglo-saxon missionary reached him and gave to the world a true picture of his morality would be to present to the world some startling facts that would not only put to shame the young negro but also the hosts of men of all nations who glory in the progress they have made in morals it can be proven by the best authorities that many of the heathen africans though crude in ethics were pure morally but the discussion resolves itself into two very important questions what was the moral condition 
of the negro before the war and what is his moral condition today before the war what a picture comes before us at these words what a panorama of deeds passes before our mind's eye years of gross darkness darkness that deepens into the blackness of the pit those days that seem like a hideous nightmare to the hoary-headed and the story of which sounds to the youth like a heart-rending and nauseating recital yet it was not all dark some would say perhaps not but the bright spots only tended to intensify the darkness what morals were chattels expected to have and who gave to these chattels their moral code it was certainly not of their own making what could be the moral condition of a race to whom family rights were forbidden and whose business next to labor was to propagate solely for the master's gain the words mother father were used only in the language of the big house womanhood the foundation stone of moral eminence passed through a crucial ordeal and it is to be grateful wondered at that the negro woman emerged with even the crudest type of moral capacity every line on every page of the history of those dark days teem and reek with the abandon of licentiousness nor could this be otherwise it was the natural sequence of a debasing system it is no disparagement upon the noble few whose garments were kept unspotted nor upon those who would have reached toward higher ideals if they had been masters of themselves to say that the antebellum negro did not possess a great degree of morality there can be no other conclusion drawn from such demoralizing conditions the moral status of the negro is to-day an all-absorbing theme and is discussed pro and con by friend and enemy in other races and by the optimist and pessimist of his own comparisons concerning his morals and moral growth are made as all other comparisons are made concerning him not between his present and former condition nor between his condition and that of any other people at the same stage of development under the same conditions and environments on the contrary inconsistency is ever present in the attempts to show the world existing facts whenever an attack was made upon the system of slavery the defenders of the system immediately pointed to the poor slaveholder and the dearth 
of negro criminals as points in favor of a time when the negro enjoyed the blessings of a mild and humane system when the progress of the black race in america is placed in the balance the lowest and most degraded and careless of the masses who have not come out of a state of inertia are brought into comparison with the noblest types that have ascended the scale of life what wonder then that there is so much adverse criticism what is needed is a search for facts and an unprejudiced putting of all that pertains to the negro and a just acknowledgment of the results attained that the american negro has made an advance along all lines that make for the higher development of a people cannot be denied he has improved morally in a corresponding way the limit of this paper will not permit a statistical comparison but a few points may be noted in passing his moral instinct is quickened and his moral nature asserts itself in higher forms of life under the new conditions he has started at the fountainhead and the purity of his home and hearthstone in a magnificent memorial to the purity of the black woman were it possible to give in numbers the correct estimate of these beautiful homes and their characters even the most bitter of his enemies and the pessimists of his own race would look without upon the pernicious libels disseminated in the periodical literature of the day the dark picture of the negro's shortcomings is thrown on the canvas and so familiar has it become that not a few seldom think that there is another picture which the negro himself knows to be truer to life and more prophetic of his real nature taken from real life and one that ought to give inspiration and hope to all seekers of the facts the negro ministry has made rapid and marked progress in moral achievements for itself and also for the race in their wider influence upon the same there is a constant and ever-increasing demand coming from the people for a higher and nobler service in the pulpit and the demand is being met in a comparative measure moreover there are professional men whose lives prove the possessor's estimate of virtue and are being spent in bringing others up to these lofty ideals the noble army of teachers most of whom are women are not to be overlooked or underestimated next 
to the faithful mother these noble women have lived and worked for the race they have proved themselves ever against untoward conditions their work and worth should not be reflected against because of a few whose lives are not up to the standards of true womanhood it is undeniably true that the virtues of solomon's virtuous women may be duplicated in multitudes of our women teachers a word concerning the criminal record of the negro might be worth considering it is here that the moral weakness of the race is said to be most manifest we are told that figures do not lie and an appeal from the records is not to be considered for a moment yet he who wants facts and is in search of the truth must appeal and must make personal investigation as yet statistics the press and history have not given a truthful unbiased record of the negro of today as he really is one side has been faithfully followed and elaborately and painfully portrayed but the other side only here and there an item a reference and a charitable surmise rewards the seeker after knowledge a careful study of the environments of the so-called criminal class also the courts of justice before which the criminals are arraigned would develop some interesting not to say startling facts for example it has been shown by professor branson of the georgia state normal school that while the illiterate negro population of the state furnish three convicts per thousand the negroes who have profited by the public schools furnish only one convict per thousand many of the criminals start from the courtroom and are the victims of injustice such untoward conditions serve rather to stamp out every vestige of nobility rather than inspire to a reaching out after higher ideals the young or post bellum negro is steadily improving morally in the face of strong opposition in his moral development just as he does in mental financial and civil growth against all the opposing forces that would hinder him his growth and relegate him to the lowest stratum of mankind he is forcing his way up the stream his spiritual and moral nature is beating under the animal nature which for long a time held him as a slave he now does right for right's sake and loves the pure and good he honors the women of his race and is raising her 
to nobler planes in his thoughts and life the negro woman is asserting herself also and is building for herself a character that rests upon a foundation of personal purity this she is doing not only for herself but for others the building up of pure homes is her chief concern and in them she reigns with womanly queenliness social reform receives her attention and in these walks she may be found teaching the young the single standard of purity for both sexes her way is the roughest her path most closely beset with snares but her works show for themselves if there had been no advance along moral lines the negro's material and intellectual attainments would count for very little in the world of affairs for he would degenerate to a mere mechanical factor in human society and become a tool in every case in the hands of a stronger race but he has added to his material and intellectual strength a greater and higher force namely that of moral worth which at once raises him to higher planes in the social and civil world and brings him into contact with his enemies and oppressors the negro has met and overcome the great barriers to his progress one by one despite the snares that are all about his path and their hidden evils that seek to hold him in thraldom yet he bursts his chains and marches forward with renewed purpose and greater zeal yes the young negro is embodying nobler ideas in his nature and reaching forward after higher ideals because of his superior advantages he is to face a future pregnant with struggles of a higher order and of a more diverse character than the struggles of an earlier day he enters into competition not with one race only but with all the races of mankind as the knowledge of the pierceness of the battle comes to him he raises himself from his lethargy and in the strength of his manhood he goes forward he who doubts not the negro's growth and development along intellectual and financial lines cannot gainsay his steady and sturdy growth in moral and social power end of topic fifteen fourth paper